From the southernmost point of dawn to the lands of always winter and what is west of Westeros and the shadows in the east, this is Casterly Talk, a special Q&A follow-up edition to the trailer. Uh, the last episode we had here, Casterly Talk, episode 121, discussing the House of the Dragon trailer. Don't worry, the Game of Thrones rewatch still continues. I will uh, have another episode in the can soon, and then I'll be heading off to Star Wars Celebration, which will delay a little bit of Game of Thrones rewatching. But we'll be taking your questions, uh, calls, anything you got. As always, don't be shy. Reach on out via Twitter. Follow me at CatNapSuck. Use the hashtag CasterlyTalk to ask a question. Or if you're following along on the app, the Anchor app, on the podcast side, go ahead and leave us a message there. If you're watching on the YouTube side, leave a message in a comment and I'll grab it. I want to thank the people who have been so wonderful in the comments, um, especially even last week when I was doing some breakdowns and I, and I kind of fumbled one of the, the, the big funerals that it could possibly be. It's been a little bit since I've read Fire and Blood, skipped over that. You guys are so great with follow-up information, uh, just being so awesome about it and supportive. Love that. That's what we want to build here around the Casterly Talk parts as we race into House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Today, I am not alone, not alone at all. Coming back to the show to help me answer some questions. And he's going to share his feelings on that House of the Dragon trailer. It's Alden Diaz. Alden, how Oops. you doing? Riding in like the Knights of the Vale. I saw you down there being surrounded. <laughs> I'm here. Surrounded by hype. Uh, what Thank, a you moment. Thank you. I'm Thank you. Always here. But much like Baelish, you'll owe me a favor later. Uh, um, hey. I'm going to weasel my way into your house. Oh, that sounds um, ominous, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's and that's some of the stuff that uh, you know, just getting right into like this trailer, man. I've watched it like ten times. Just the yeah, the energy's right. It just love, feels yeah. good. I want to bounce, uh, bounce, uh, bounce off uh, you here with some discussion points and some further uh, uh, deep dive in, uh, in in the time we have here today. What you uh, thought about this trailer? Um, let me just start from here as, as I stumbled to get to the first question. Uh, what's your excitement level at now, now that we're starting to see it take form? I think that I was always at, at, a, at a nice simmering excitement just on premise alone because I love this world so much because I've missed it so much because of that man, one of my favorite mm -hmm. actors, Matt Smith, mm -hmm. being in there. Um, so I was already excited. I was never... Uh, I don't feel a certain trepidation because I, I'm a season A enjoyer. I went out and I finished that show and I have been, I've watched it beginning to end like two more times since it wrapped. Um, and I've been excited every time. So now to get new material, I've always been excited. And this trailer just made me feel like it's more real than it's ever been, which I guess, you know, trailers by design are to sell the general audience trailers for fandom people and nerds and pundits and fans. Yeah is to assure you like it's happening calm down like check it out here's a taste and it was yeah. it was exactly right and a lot of the times i will see these things um either like after a nap or like it just they always are timed so i'm groggy for some reason so i got up and i saw a text that said trailer with like a bunch of r's for my buddy and i clicked yeah. it and it it just feels like it got my excitement level up to that Mm. sort of mm. like i felt before a new season of got you know it's it, yeah. i feel like we're just back um it just so happens that it's the past yeah 
We're back, baby. We're back. No, wonderful. Yeah, the first time I saw the trailer, didn't have glasses or contacts on and was, uh, let's just say, in the middle of waking up and doing something else when I saw something on my phone. <laughs> I went, what is this? <laughs> What's going yeah. on? Am I dreaming this? One of the things I was talking about last week uh, to, to, to the camera and to my own microphone, but I want to bring it up to you and, and see what you think here. In the trailer, uh, we've got, you know, the, the uh, we've got King Viserys, the first, uh, kind of telling the realm, hey, my, my, my daughter, Renera, that, that's who I think will be my, my heir. Let's go with this, right? And we get some we get some bended knee action there. And in there, uh, we've got Starks and Baratheons. Mm. And I love that moment. But it just, I keep going back to that. It's going, this trailer is having to thread that needle. of uh, Assurance is a great way to look at it. Assuring fans who are here for it. Pulling maybe fans back in, which is maybe we don't want to admit it. Even folks like you and I who do love season eight and do celebrate Game of Thrones, do love the Song of Ice and Fire. We love yeah. it with every, every shadow of it. Um, and it had to do that. And I just thought it was one particular moment where I'm like, this really kind of tells me it looks the same, feels the same. They got a lot of characters they got to get uh, get out to the public and sell the public on. But I love them throwing those names back in. What do you think about that moment? What do you think about that idea? It's one of my favorite aspects of the trailer is just hearing those names because obviously they haven't left our minds or our hearts of Stark Baratheon. But this is... We're in the age of the prequel spinoff and legacy sequel. And while a lot of things, the obvious being Star Wars for you and I, but even things like the Ghostbusters sequel that came out, Afterlife, like they're able to show, you know, a picture of Harold Ramis in a, in a frame like, oh, is this, you know, is this the continuation of this? Like there's a language of touching on the public consciousness and the Thrones doesn't have as many opportunities for that because of how expansive the cast was because of the medieval setting you can't show a photo of a familiar character or maybe pan over a location at this point um but doing that is all right if we're gonna bank on a couple of words that will get anyone that has seen any season yeah those are fair choices stark and baratheon are going to be the kinds of things it, it, you could have said uh, you know brothers of the night's watch you could have said um obviously targaryen is your big one you could have said lannister there's a couple of those things that are just like oh that's a game of thrones word right like if you say frodo out loud people will at least sort of have the idea you're talking about that ring stuff that ring stuff maybe throwing a baggins uh, uh yeah you know, that'll work that'll work yeah i know well said and and it's just it's something I'm fascinated by because it's it's a reality I think I have to face as, again, as someone who's like, I recently defended uh, season eight at, at my own birthday party with probably more vim and vigor than I should have at a party. I was, uh, I love that season. I love the show. Warts and all, as, as we always say around here. Doesn't mean everything's perfect. But I, I, I think in the last, even, even since I talked about the trailer here last week, I, I, I've had to face that like, yeah, you know, they, they really do have to make sure they're communicating to what I call those casual, uh, you know, but yet really um, loyal fans that it's OK to come back, even though those names aren't going to be featured. And maybe they'll learn that. Uh, and then there's a lot of new characters to learn, which can be confusing, which is my follow up to this uh, in the continuation of this conversation. Alden. Um, I even had a reaction in my own house with my, my fiance who loves Game of Thrones, loves Daenerys, was kind of like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it looks great. It looks good. I don't know who any of these people are. I'm not invested. And a minute and 30 second trailer is not going to take care of that across the board. She knows that. I know that. Everyone knows that. Do you yeah. think now the onus is on the House of the Dragon to take everyone into the show by saying, 
here's who here's who the players are players are because they can get confusing i think that it's going to have not work to do like they're not up to it or like that anyone is owed anything but i think that there is going to be um similar maybe execution uh strategies i guess would be the right phrase uh, as game of thrones season one game of thrones the pilot tags the locations in a way that uh, later stuff did not in the show. Um, you're able to bounce around the storylines. Like now going back to Game of Thrones season one, every time I've seen it since, I'm able to pick up like how sort of gentle it was with uh, with your with your brain about introducing names. Like I remember start trying it for the first time in high school. Yeah, I tried the Game of Thrones pilot once in high school and thought the same for me. This is uh, yeah, this yeah. is not engaging to me. And then. It was later on that I was like, oh, this is so this is such a rich world. But yeah. I think that they will have my big one was always Varys Viserys in Game of Thrones season one. I was always like, which one's the bald one and which one is the brother? Like I, I, I was always doing that. Uh, yep. Now I think that they will have similar challenges maybe with some, some of the naming and stuff. So yeah. I, I predict this to be um, and not to spoil any answers for a later audience question that we have, but. I do think that they will not be diving into any of the uh, massive events or, or big complexities until midpoint of the season later on. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Ease everyone in. And, and this is, a, 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 you know, we I, I always want to make sure, and I don't think we are here in this conversation, but that, you know, passionate fans or those that are even creating and and, 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 and performing the shows that there's no sense of uh, gatekeeping in the sense of, uh, you know, oh, you don't know the names. Uh, that's that's on you. They have to be concerned about that, have to be worried about it. And you're so right early, especially the pilot, but early season one of Game of Thrones. It faced that problem. How many conversations did you have with friends where they're like, I don't I don't know who all the characters are. I'm confused. And that's not oh, yeah. and that's not the, that the show failed to, to deliver. I just that's the way it is. You you you're you're gonna not everyone is like you and I who are who are taking pens and writing down notes. So that mm -hmm. dragon eats hay. This one picked. Uh, did any dragons eat hay? I don't think so. Um, we're we're the outliers here, and so mm -hmm. the trailers I think have done a oh uh, the trailers have been great. I think they need to maybe improve going forward. Even though they've got tweets out there of this is when and this is who. I do think that's going to be important. Yeah, and I, I sometimes will, because we're so steeped in this nerd culture, sometimes we will see a trailer like I think that the a show you'll be covering here, Rings of Power, yeah, does that in a little bit more of a uh, on-the-nose way. Not that it's bad, but th that trailer has before the ring, before yeah. the fellowship. And maybe you need that. You know, for us, we're kind of like, ah, ha, ha, before the ring. We can almost predict which e what each one's going to be. Um but it, it is still uh, a phenomenon that eclipsed nerddom. It transcended yes. into the regular world. I mean, we have those friends and family members. My mother watched all eight seasons, loved it top to bottom, got to the end, pro could probably name two characters. You know, she just knew their faces and, and what they were doing. But at the end, I was like, do you even know anyone's name? She goes, there's John and uh, there's the little man. And she just had ident identifications for all of them. <laughs> Dolores Dragon Lady. She's yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's like, but I had a great time. Uh, and, but yeah, so. And that is, and that's something I was talking about last week. And, and you know, I think you're right. Again, each, each episode of Game of Thrones that set a viewing record, 6.1 million, 7.1 mm -hmm. million. 
we're we're in on, in the rewatch. We're in the middle of season four, where it just keeps setting records for viewing yeah. numbers. Yeah, that you're right. That is not the quote hardcore fans. That is not all the people who know every name, every plot line. And 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 you need those too. You need us. You need us on these shows. Uh, going, hey, here's what this means, and here's the fun of this, and here's that. Um, that's why there's this industry, quite frankly. Right. Uh, there was need for that. Even uh, going back to day, uh, uh, Maria Menounos and the Afterbuzz crew that I used to do work with over there. That was a, G, a stroke of genius to be like, we need a place to go talk about this afterwards. Um, but going in. I think they're doing a good job. I think once one or two episodes are all out there, people will get their footing. It'll be okay. But that's something I have heard a few times, despite the excitement for the trailer. When is this again? Who is that now? Yeah. And I think it's important for, for those hardcore fans to know um, of which we are both. Um, it, it, it's, it is half an adaptation of part of fire and blood, but it's also half a prequel to HBO's game of Thrones. Yeah. So I think that there needs to be while the, while the more casual viewer um, should maybe get a little bit more from HBO, but also at the same time, expect a little bit of that learning curve. You know, they have to remember where they were at the beginning of game of Thrones and maybe by the end they learned it and it'll be a, a, a new chapter in the workbook, so to speak. However, going over to the hardcores, I think that, you know, we, we see these moments a lot, like in our star Wars fandom, like, Oh, it would have been nice if Boba Fett and Chris Anton had acknowledged that one time that they had met. And it's like, yeah, yeah but at the same, like they, they gave what, what is needed at a base level, yeah. um, what is needed for every audience member first time or not. So I do think that there also needs to be a surrendering of certain details that yeah. some people are going into this thinking, Oh, are they going to, you know, establish, you know, how, uh, Viserys, when he was young, did such and such and such. And it's like, no, it's going to be what's core to this point in his life. Yeah. And what's you know, core we, and, and the same way that we didn't have, uh, you know, flashbacks to Robert's Rebellion outside of just the Tower of Joy. That's all you needed. Right. No, no, excellent. No, excellent points there. I, I really surrendering of the details. That's a great way to look at it. Uh, the, the details that are fun and the details that are there to be discovered. You mentioned the Boba Fett and Black or Satin over in the book of the Boba Fett. Yeah, they have a bit of a history, not really acknowledged on the show other than subtext. And, and that's fine. And, and I and I think that's it's part of the fun. And, and it reminds me, before, before we wrap up this discussion here, I'm, I'm going to get to you with some of your favorite moments or thoughts specific about uh, specifically. Uh, from the trailer, but I, I will say this to those listening and, and watching on Cashly Talk, I'm always going to strike that middle ground between I am a, a hardcore fan who doesn't remember all the details all the time, despite reading all the maps and studying the books. Some of it escapes me. Uh, you know, I study Star Wars 10 hours a day or 10 hours a week for, for Force Center. Um, and but also, you know, so but I also have I have information. I have thoughts and I have thematic uh uh, thoughts on the on the thematic stuff going on, but yeah. uh, we're gonna strike that balance, and we'll help you along, and others will help me along, and that's the vibe we want here. We're part of a larger uh, Game of Thrones, House of Dragon, Song of Ice and Fire ecosystem here. So, Alden, in closing this uh, suction uh, suction uh, section of the show up, slurping uh, details, yeah, slurp up those details. What do you love about this trailer, theme wise, uh, character wise, uh, visions that you saw? I adore everything with uh, Damon and Rhaenyra. I find them to be so fascinating. I think they will be fan favorites. I think that um, Matt Smith being the nerd celebrity going into the show, I think yeah. a lot of eyes are going to be on him, and I think they're smartly leaning into it. He's at the top of every little Twitter thread they do. He's in the 
Uh, you know, he, he just has that weight. I think he'll be your, um, not that he has an easy analog, but he'll be the one that catches fire quick and, and gets uh, some, uh, you know, he'll get the, the one sixth scale figure and, you know, the, the replica swords and things like that. Yeah. And this, like some of this iconography right here, like in yeah. this shot, it's, it's just a great way to communicate to people that it is a different time because you see this guy just holding this dragon egg, which we know was so rare by the time of Daenerys' storyline. And it's just a very, um, it's just, it does a lot with a little things like that, showing more swords on the throne. Um, it, it just is a nice way to communicate now. Yeah. So everything with him really worked well for me because I'm already engaged with him so much. Um, I think that for me, there are two beats that are almost like in terms of, the execution of the trailer, maybe not even um, in terms of uh, of scenes or moments or character, but whoever says history does not remember blood, it remembers names. I'm not sure whose voice that is um, or as it comes up, but it amazed me that they really got their sort of stamp quote in now and, and that it felt so right. Like that really was the you win or you die. Um yeah of of this not that they mean the same thing but that is the that's the poster thing that's the billboard thing and and it's one that just sent me just uh you know spiraling with connections and with ideas and, and passion and themes and thinking about how this family goes all the way down in terms of our viewing experience um, mm -hmm. i'm sure george has notes that we'll discover 20 years from now about way after the fact i have no doubt um but in terms of viewers coming in, we know X about the Targaryen family. And inside of X is that the last member that we see on our screens is Jon Snow. A Aegon, I think, six when his right. name is revealed. And history doesn't really remember blood. It does it. His blood does not come in. It's it's the, it's the quality of the man. It's the, the exploits of the man, of the of the, the hero, the mistakes, everything. And I think that history saying it doesn't remember blood is sort of like the, yeah, we're a dynasty right now, but yeah. everybody watching knows the writings on the wall for us and that we end up being two siblings walking through fields with the Dothraki yeah. uh, a few hundred years from now. So it's, it's telling you, this is a tragedy. This is the fall of mm. the house Targaryen um, just being set up. Yeah. Be, yeah. You know, the domino effect. So it's mm. got all of that over there and, and I'm sure it'll, continue to be uh, expanded upon and then the other thing was the brief hints of the ramen jawadi game of thrones theme as the trailer went out yeah um which is not to say that i predict that the theme will be a riff on the original theme yeah. i wouldn't mind that but i i'm excited to see what he comes up with um for this opening credits because it's it's one of the most iconic opening credits of all time Absolutely. uh and it's it's the thing that everybody knows about the show, even if they don't know the show. Um, it was the you know Weird Al has has used it. I remember he did the the right George right, like <laughs> it's just like all, it's in the zeitgeist. And yes. hearing the da -na -na, da -na -na, right before it ended mm. felt like just coming home. Um, but home is a really dangerous and nasty place, <laughs> yeah. and people are gonna get hurt. Uh, so it's it's weird to feel warm fuzzies about something where I know everything goes wrong. Um, yeah, but it's great. I it, love it's a great trailer. 
love this big theme idea you're putting out there uh, of 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 uh, the you know history will not remember uh, does not remember blood. That is spectacular. I really enjoy looking at it that way. Of uh, the fall of the Targaryens, it's not necessarily correct to say it begins now, but this is the biggest rip in the banner, so to speak. This right. is the one that really does affect things. They still got a lot of time between here, here, and 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 then. Um, right. But I, I love framing it that way because we're going to spend a few years around this family fighting each other and why why that's important and why, my, why maybe it shouldn't happen, why maybe they should avoid it, why they should work through it or all yeah. those big whys of the in terms of their context, they had, you know, the, the assembly of the Iron Throne, the thousand blades of the enemies and everything. And this, uh, you know, as you know, thinking of Bobby B, rest in peace, of the, you know, the fist like. It's one thing, and that's what they were. And then this Dance of the Dragons is now looming, and it's the first sort of chink in the armor. Yeah. Um, and then by the by the reign of the Mad King, three hundred ish years later, they are still you know they're one again, but they yeah. were proven fallible here, and they yeah. were proven to be um, killable here, and and everything sort of came undone, and so. It's just an interesting sort of, uh, you know, the show, the Game of Thrones had that air of the Targaryen dynasty lingering over it the entire time you know, of a thing you didn't get to see. And so now to be able to get to see it, but the trailer says, ultimately, the, the family is not as relevant as the individual um, yeah. is is really interesting. Love it. Big swing there. Love you're saying. Yeah, the music was was fun just to get that hint. Again, a sign of, hey, remember that thing? This is still that thing. It might not be the thing, but remember the thing? We want you mm -hmm. to love the thing. Come over here. So fascinating. Great stuff. All done on that trailer. More discussions like that with you and others here on Catch the Talk. We're going to get to some fan questions here. And hey, again, if you want to reach out, there's a lot of ways to do so. You can follow me on Twitter at CatNapsuck. And uh, leave a uh, question there with the hashtag Catchly Talk. We do have a Facebook page as well, you know, like it's 2009. Uh, and then also uh, you can call in. And uh, again, here on uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can leave a comment down below for a future episode. I'll pull that in too. Also, if you support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash catnapsock, there's a Castly Talk Game of Thrones uh, discussion. I, I always now just, I, 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 I try not to just use the term Game of Thrones for a general sense but got still kind of works right all that it's still kind yeah of word for it. i think so like all it's of... it's almost like i i don't know if i'd have to look at all the posters and banners i don't know if they've done the from the world of or yeah. or, or colt house of the dragon colon game of thrones like but there's gonna be a little bit of that have the cake and eat it too where that star wars does where sometimes yeah. it's the mandalorian but on certain toys and on certain Emmy submissions and on certain things, it's Star Wars colon. So it almost makes you wonder, like, how much do they want it? Because they made, you know, it gets lost on us now. They made that bold choice to choose just one of the book titles to yeah. encompass the entire thing. Way back when Dan and Dave started making the show, they yeah. could have chosen any of the other ones. They could have titled the seasons different things, and they never did. Yeah. Um, so... It's almost like we, we put a lot of stock into that name. Let's yeah. hold on to it the best we can. No, no absolutely. It's it's the Kleenex of the brands uh, here, mm -hmm. right? And, and yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. I can't think of any other name. Storm of Swords would have been cool. That kind of Clash of Kings would have carried you for a little bit, but yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. Feast for Crows is not marketable. Feast for Crows. My mom doesn't know what that means. Yeah, absolutely. she knows what a sword is. Like she, she, that would have worked. And Game of Thrones, I think, is the 
the it, it gave the air of machinations that everybody wanted. Yeah. Well, look, you were I, pitching I, it, you know. Yeah, every, every time I uh, cash out on the old Game of Thrones slot machines, which are harder to find in Vegas, it's always Cersei Lannister saying, "When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die." You know, it just wouldn't have worked. Uh, you know, when you have a dinner, it's a feast for crows or something like that. It just wouldn't have worked. It just wouldn't. Nope. Have worked. Nope. Worked. And yes, I've lost. A lot of money on the Game of Thrones slots. All right, Alden, let's get to some <laughs> questions here. These uh, these questions actually come from Donna Long, one of our uh, most loyal listeners. We love Donald. He's been listening since the early days of Daily Thrones when it was just an anchor show here. Uh, he uh, asks uh, this question first here. Alden, how far do you think into the Dance of the Dragons will season one include? This isn't a bad thing at all, but will season one be a setup like GOT was? Getting mm. everybody knowledgeable of the characters? plot time period etc like we were talking earlier it'll probably mirror GOT season one a little bit king robert death and ned's by ending with king viserys's death uh where in fire and blood the dance really begins and since everyone fighting for that damn throne uh it's always weird i guess we should have put and would continue to try to put some spoiler war warnings when discussing some of these characters mm -hmm. for that general audience. Um, I, I even take that for granted sometimes, but yes, there's probably some big deaths coming that really spin things out of control. What do you think here of Donald's question? I think that's, that's probably a, a spot on sort of rundown, at least of the season sort of being the, you know, the, the getting to know this man, everything. And not that he's the analog for Eddard Stark, but having you know they're playing in the language of what the show established and i think that it would sort of do well to connect with audiences in the sense that people started to pick up oh it's episode nine of the season it's episode nine of the season like that type of stuff you can sort of carry that energy forward and create a level of care and and really flesh out this character to then understand his children to understand his family members. I think it would be a really wise move. And I also think that I just on a business production side, it's smart to make this sort of the machinations and groundwork season before the dance really kicks off because we want to see how this thing is received, how it runs, how it works before we get into what will surely be um, yeah. bigger, more expensive, larger uh, type fair. And also it's, it's a return to form for a lot of people that maybe felt that, the um mafia-esque um, politicking was gone yeah. um that's not to say that i feel that way but it it was it was a common sort of thing in in the in the cultural landscape so i yeah. think it's a smart move i agree that that's probably going to be the play and uh and i'm okay with that yeah, I, I, I'm certainly not a showrunner here. Ryan Condal and Miguel Sapochnik definitely, uh, I'm, I'm sure I trust their ideas on this and where they're going. But yeah, that, that formula, and all that to say, I just, I don't think they're repeating a formula there, but it's just, it makes a lot of sense to build up and to do what you talk about what Game of Thrones did. Yeah, there were a little less of the uh, political whispers in the, in the corner and, and, and watching that side of it, we had, we got to the big battles. We were getting to big resolutions and, uh, that's where you needed to go for a lot of that stuff. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I think some of that stuff was there more than people maybe want to remember. But you got a chance to kind of go back to that. You got a chance to go slow down a bit and really set it up. And because we know we're starting or we're not starting, that's that's not right of me to say we we are playing around in two eras of this this story. Right. With the castings and the stuff we've we've already seen. Um you know, we got we got the younger versions and, and older versions of some key characters uh, at play here. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think they're going to uh, they're going to have a lot of fun with that. I'm excited. And to 
Donald's overall question, a lot of good stuff in there about the characters and plots and, and, and communicating that like we're talking about. But I this is one of the first times and I'm I, not embarrassed to admit it, but just kind of confessing. I've been so excited for this show and I've I've read Fire and Blood, uh, you know, a, a few times in parts mm. overall, read it once. I loved it. And I've gone back to individual parts and I'm going to do that again with the bit this big section here. Um, wish I had done it before the trailer would picked up, remembered some smaller details. I'm so excited, Alden, for this show, this season, that I kind of in my head was like, it's all going to happen here. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. time out. Time out. We do have to pace ourselves. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, we could be spending a lot of time in the quote-unquote past with Viserys, uh, the first and, and, and uh, the younger versions of uh, Allison to Hightower and Rhaenyra. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the it just behooves them to really establish that, to really make it sing and it's different than game of thrones season one sort of being book one um because it's part of a history um so they can flesh out and play with things in ways that maybe they didn't even in game of thrones and um take this guy that if they or any character if they feel hey there's something here that we could expand and you know you've talked about one of your favorite scenes in the show if not your favorite scene in the show um is definitely a knapsack contender for number one uh is the the scene of robert and cersei in game of thrones season one and how that's an original creation for the show they are they have the opportunity to do tons of that um, yeah with this as a history and to flesh it out so i wouldn't be surprised if they really play with expectations and also it's not really an elephant in the room at this point because you know dan and dave did so much of it um, as they got further and further away from the, which is not a criticism, but from from the novels, is that they were combining characters, they were changing locations of certain people, they were uh, accelerating some storylines, they were t- taking things that then became pretty original because the, they were ahead. Um, so what happens here? Are they right. going to shock us? Are they going to change things? Are they going to be omissions? Are they going to be additions? And it's uh we could watch the pilot of this and then realize uh oh like we still don't even know how they're gonna handle um the time narratives is it gonna be sort of a book of boba fett thing where when it's relevant to the story they'll flash back um will will the character themselves in the story be journaling or whatever device um to get us there will it be uh we should we bookend every episode however they decide to do it that's going to slow down your present day story too, not in yeah. a bad way, but it's going to make it more decompressed. So yeah. if we removed all those flashbacks, we could probably tell this 10 episode story in seven or eight. Um, but now we're pushing it out. So it's going to be uh they have just a really unique opportunity here because game of yeah. Thrones didn't do that outside of the young Cersei stuff. And then the tower of joy stuff was, it was in the, it was a vision of the past in the present. Yeah. So that was different. It wasn't a flashback necessarily. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so uh, curious and, and, and intrigued by what they're going to do, what it actually is going to feel like and look like, and you know, I don't know how long Viserys is going to go in the show. I don't think it's a it's an episode one and done. I I think this could carry out ten episodes. The the story in yeah. the past, and who knows why why even think it could could end at. Uh, season one because if you're if you're in uh what again we'll refer to as the present day of the story yeah you you'll know some of the things that have happened some of the big events that have really launched this civil war so you it's there it exists so so we don't necessarily have to see see it we can mm-hmm. hear it 
in the present and then see it in the past later on. Maybe that happens. Season, the final season. Maybe that's one of the final things is uh, this big key death that launches the Civil War. We've just spent, uh, you know, six, seven, eight seasons watching. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. But you know what I mean? Like, I, it's wide open. And one of the reasons is wide open. They have so much more room to play. This big, giant section from Fire, Fire and Blood is still just one section in a larger history book where yeah. we know that, yeah, you're right. Uh, they had to, from the start, the, the, Dan and Dave and their team had to figure out, all right, yeah, we got a roadmap, but he, eventually things are going to change and there's room. To, let's go explore that. Let's cut this. And that just seemed like it was going off the, the path more than, uh, you know, it actually was. I think it was, I think it took two steps off the path from the beginning. Just, you didn't recognize it as much. Right. This one, they have, they have to be off the path for a lot of it. The, though George is clearly, more involved at this point and it's probably like building other paths for them. Maybe, I don't know. That's an assumption. Um, mm -hmm. but, but to hear you talk, I, I'm actually really intrigued by there's so much blank pages. Uh, so many blank pages to play with, uh, that, that excites me. Yeah. And, and again, the, the formatting is, we're both so curious about it. I cannot wait to see it. I mean, if, if we, we could watch this pilot and 90% of it is in the past and then it jumps forward and it's like, now you know these women. Boom. We're never going back to the past again. We only cast them for this hour. Like, so it's, uh, it, it's, it's exciting to have a world that after so many years I felt so intimately familiar with and I felt like I knew what was happening. Um, but we're back in that sort of feeling of they can play around with it. It are They are different showrunners. They, they are going to have a different roster of directors and uh they have different tools, um, but it's got that element of familiarity. So it's just a, it's exciting in the same way that whenever we return to like Tatooine, it's it's a different lens. So I don't care that it's still Tatooine. Like oh, this yeah. is going to be the Red Keep, but it's the Red Keep with different voices, different eyes, different angles, and really mm -hmm. excited about that. You learn more about the land, the the the, the folks in the land. You but when you keep returning returning to these key spots, and you just, just got to be thinking here too. I, I I joked about it a little bit last week. I had my my Night's Watch hat hat on last week. I love my Night's Watch. You all know that. Um, do you feel this show could doesn't need to not just go up to the wall, but it deal with anything that's out there because nothing is necessarily happening happening at this point on the timeline. It mm. is just the men of the night's watch protecting the realm uh, valiantly from the free folk. Uh, whereas like blood moon, we felt uh, for what we were hearing was going to deal more with the long night or things like that. You'll hear about it. It'll be part of lore. It'll be part of fairy tales within the story. Yeah. But I, do you, will you miss that at all? If it's not there, I will. I will miss it um, because it, it was the cocktail, right? That got you into it. There was, it was the, we all had our favorites. Like yeah. the first time I watched the show, the Esso storyline was my least favorite. Now, yeah. every time I rewatch it, I like it more and more and more. Uh, Cause I've now seen Same. the why and how and everything. Um, I, I, I think that game of Thrones was able to combine visually sort of different tones, the the snows and and, and, and the whites mm. and blacks and everything, and that sort of dreary feeling. And then the opulence of, of like your King's Landing, that all made the world feel fleshed out. The personalities were all different. The performances were different. People playing Northmen versus people playing the Southerners, like different accents, different feels. Yeah. The so, wig, different, yeah. The wig, yeah, everything. The, the dress, I mean, who everyone had their favorite armors and outfits and who didn't want to have the black cloak of, of, of a Night's Watch brother. Like, it's so right. cool. 
I still want one. Yeah, I, I want one too. We should we should get them for when we were reviewing these episodes. Yeah, yeah uh, I'll wear it in the Florida heat down here. It'll be great. Perfect. I'll have I have a heat stroke on air. <laughs> I'll wear it. I'll wear it in a, in a Burbank summer. We'll, yeah, we'll at Del Taco. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, so I'll miss some of that. That said, I am fully expecting, and I don't know anything, but I'm because I just know that these are fans, and I know that this is you know George, and it's whenever a writer gets to take a crack at their stuff again or, or in that yeah. different medium, it sort of enables an opportunity to why not show that as a as yeah. a wink nod to the first. So maybe there's a, a key Targaryen character, right? And they are going to have a conversation that's from Fire and Blood, but maybe they're coming down from a visit to the wall that they did for whatever reason. So we cut to the wall for a yeah. little bit. It's that kind of stuff that, like I said at the top of the episode, they're also making a prequel to HBO's Game of Thrones. They're yeah. going to want to show uh, a lord in Winterfell getting angry that he's been summoned by Viserys to yeah. show you Winterfell and to have that moment of like, Ah, and you might hear the stark theme for that moment. And then we're back. Like I expect things like that um, in the same way that, and they, and those things will be called fan service and I yeah. will be in this show defending them. Uh, and I, because I think that the world should be allowed to be, I loved seeing mm -hmm. the forest moon of Endor at the end of rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I loved seeing cloud city. I, I love the special edition return of the Jedi. I like the fact that in, Moon Knight, they mention Madripoor, which is just a city. They don't need to, it doesn't have to, it's just, it's just flourishes, little flavors. And I expect a lot of that here. It's, yeah, again, it's how you use it. And, and you and I uh, love the why of a lot of these things. It's the themes behind it. So it could just be a checklist of, you're right, you know, kings and queens with Targaryen names taking vacations and uh, swinging up to the wall. Uh, I'm, I'm using that word jokingly, of course, you know, but having those processions go up there are, are are happen a lot so you could you could play around with that with indeed and it could just be a little bit of checklist or having this big conversation on top of the wall yeah we've seen the wall but if you give me a good why behind it it definitely moves beyond any kind of fan service i i think mm -hmm. that is that word is used far too too much oh and absolutely you're it's right. entirely abused especially it's, it's, in in this world where for characters like viserys and damon for the and, and renera these royals are making decisions that trickle down to the yeah. wall that trickle down to uh, obviously Dragonstone um, yeah. will be, you know, how, what members of the family are there versus at King's Landing right now? How are those, what's the interplay going to be between those locations? Are those locations going to come to symbolize that schism? Um, yeah. And so it, it's, yeah, like you said, it's all about why, why are we there? And even small things like, and Game of Thrones was so good at that. Um, in so many ways throughout its run. Why did Tyrion go to the wall in season one? Because he he says, like, oh, I want to piss off the side. Right. But it's also because that's character work. He is the worldly one that was, like he said, you know, sharpening the whetstone of his mind by going up to this, wanting to get a feel more for the realm that his family was bankrolling and was yeah. stomping all over in a lot of ways. And how he has that soft spot for John. And so you could you could easily enhance any of these characters just by giving them the right beat at the right place. 
the right beat the right place great way to look at that here uh next question coming in here from donald as well with a reported budget of 25 million which is about 5 million more per episode than season eight of got uh what should our expectations really be like for the dragons for me says donald i believe will be a couple main ones we see close-up flying laying around dragonstone one big action sequence stuff like that not the big giant dragon on dragon violence which i believe will start in season two hopefully so again donald keep mm. with this theme of of uh, drawing it out now we said last week i think george is uh on record saying 17 dragons gonna be seen wow. um but to donald's point george doesn't say they're all gonna be in the foreground some might be flying in the background we mm -hmm. don't know Big budget in an era where some streaming services are actually starting to say, oops, not enough money for all these shows. we got to cut some. Uh, HBO is all in on this one. Amazon is all in on Lord of the Rings. Star Wars, yeah. Marvel, uh, Disney's all in on those shows. Um, the budget seems pretty solid. It is pretty big. Account for inflation and all that stuff, of course. What do yeah. you think? How are the dragons going to feel, look, and how many do you want blowing fire into your face, Alden? And that's the thing, right? Like you joke, like we're not getting into inflation and like, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with a topic like that. Um, but the thing that did come to my mind is like, I would love to talk to some VFX professionals and say in the jump between, I mean, when was season eight produced? Probably 2018, it was produced yeah. for the 2019 air date. Yeah. So it's like in the jump between 2018 and now has, has the ability to create a creature like that gotten more or less expensive? Have the techniques made that dollar go further? Um, I don't know. And it also hasn't been that much time. We saw what, you know, what facial technology could jump like in one calendar year. Um, yeah. So it's it's definitely possible that they have found the way to, oh, we should have done this on GOT or, 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 or oh, we were sort of there with Droga, but we hadn't really gotten there now. So now we can sort of make that dollar go further. I yeah. think that overall, though, it, you're, you're gonna want to still keep them uh you know use them sparingly i still i don't yes. expect this to be the dragon fest um that maybe the title would suggest to the casual audience but i'd say uh, maybe a little bit more than at the heyday of danny's children when she had yeah. all three and she was you know ruling over slavers bay and, and we would see them pop in and out um i i i would say you know at this is that 17 yeah about about 10 of them are going to be circling the red keep for a shot uh, <laughs> and that. we might see uh you know maybe one per core lead targaryen i yeah. don't know um, but i don't predict combat uh that's, that's true i'll agree with that yeah at least constantly at least till later yeah no yeah. I, I i i i really like what you're saying there of um just this idea of yeah the technology is already better we've seen i mean i I thought GOT in the early, I thought the, the young dragons, the baby dragons uh, also just being cute. Number one, I thought they looked really good. And then I thought there was, that's some missteps. Uh, these are professionals putting their heart and soul into the VFX, but yeah, Danny riding off at the end of season five took so, you know, some, some slings on social media, a little never ending story vibe. I, I remember that. Mm -hmm. I, I still think it looks good. I still think it got to some great spots, but I think all I'm saying all that to say, it's going to be better. Yeah. And I think it's going to look great. And, but I still want it to, it being the dragons to not be used sparingly, but again, effectively. Yeah. Uh, I need to see every dragon rider riding their dragon at the same time. Um, I wouldn't mind hanging out in the dragon pit just for a little bit. Uh, bigger stuff. Oh, coming. yeah. That'd be a great location to revisit. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of that stuff. So I, I think, uh, yeah, Donald, I think, I think they still got to use that money wisely. They're still doing these big, giant location shoots, and it's interesting. A lot of like looking at Lucasfilm uh, and and the Marvel stuff too, but just the spirit of George is to advance technology, and one of the ma- major reasons is to make filmmaking cheaper, therefore uh, more accessible to more people. That's one of George's mm-hmm. big, big ideas and mandate. And, and season one of Mandalorian, the volume is this which has already improved, it was this big thing. They still did not have the budget they wanted for season one of Mandalorian. They still no. had to make that magic happen. Um, so it's still a concern. 25 million is a lot, but they're still probably sometimes they ran into things and said, hey, this dragon's got to be off screen because we got to focus somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I, I think of uh, uh, the conversations about Book of Boba Fett, Luke Skywalker, the whole object of their mission there was to push that face until it breaks. They were like, we need to find where it breaks. We need to find the end point of our limitations right now. And I think that Game of Thrones season eight with, as the Funko Pops called him, Icy Viserion. Uh, I think Icy Viserion versus Drogon um, in, in that fight, uh, yeah. that there was mm-hmm. there was a certain level of, it's the night sky, it's cloudy, Like let's let's be clever about it. It's yeah. not going to be dragon on dragon. I'm going to bite your neck. I'm going to do this. It was a lot. It was a dog fight. You know, yeah. it, it was a dragon dog fight uh, in yeah. the sky. And I think that maybe this time it's like, we're going to show dragons biting necks in daylight. Like it might be that next thing or where maybe yeah. it's the same amount of dragon mm-hmm. action that you got, but the yeah. dragon action that you're going to get is going to be way more intimate in the same way that you talked about the volume. You, you know, the volume is probably being used the same amount across the Disney plus shows, but the depth of Mos Espa is, you know, uh, the client Werner Herzog's client office doesn't hold a candle to yeah. Mos Espa, you know, yeah. same technology, but we can get in there more now in different ways. So, yeah, love it. Great question, Donald. Always love tracking the, the budgets of these shows and they're big, giant numbers, but they still have to work within some parameters there. Final question here uh, again from Donald. Thank you all. Donald just he sent me these a couple weeks ago, so I collected them. Um, but if you have a question out there, get on in here and ask him as well. If somebody asks you uh, who uh, someone who has never seen uh, GOT, if they come and ask you if they should watch Game of Thrones before or after House of the Dragon, what would you recommend? Personally, says Donald, I say before, just so they're familiar with some stuff in that world. And if they like reading, should they should definitely read Fire and Blood. Same um, same question could be asked for Rings of Power. So that's interesting. Mm. Maybe we'll add that discussion here as well. Mm. So yeah, this is, and it, and it ties to a lot of what you and I deal with weekly on our Star Wars uh, shows, Octo Radio and Force Center for me and, and Joseph and Jennifer. Uh, what, what do you, what and how do you watch it? I always say for Star Wars release order, but that's only because that's how I experience them. Mm-hmm. And I think they work. Entry points are very different and very important. So if someone really has been like, hey, I never watched Game of Thrones, but I kind of like these dragons. Should I watch this one? I, I think at that point, watch House of the Dragon first. So you so you can be free to take it in as it is. Yeah, I think it's a matter of it's to cop out to say case by case. But I do think it is because with Star Wars, um, yeah. That's case by case. Yeah. Release and chronological are dealing with the same family. And even though this is two, it's that 300 years of removal that I think makes you safe. Um, I think that some prequels are prequels, but they're designed to be watched after the fact. The perfect example is Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul, which I would say is even better than Breaking Bad, which is a high bar. Um, It's an incredible show, 
but it does from the get say, yes, we're going back to the past, but we're going to show these black and white bookends that are after Breaking Bad. So pause and come back after you binge that. Um, mm. yeah. and so yeah. there's a, a level of that. I'm not saying they're going to do that here. Again, I'm not saying that this show will start with Drogon carrying Amelia Clark, and then <laughs> Drogon will be like, I wonder why this family's so messed up. <laughs> and then it jumps back. You know, I don't think it's going to do that. Um, Drogon but, says it. Why is this family so oh, messed yeah. up? Yeah. Drogon, Drogon, like is flying and there's a freeze frame. It's like <laughs> you're probably wondering how we got here. Uh, <laughs> record scratch. Uh, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Drogon's like, first day in high school. You know, yeah, you thought I was young. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is gonna be our pitch when they let us in the room. Yeah, but the the, the whole idea of this being removed, I think, will make people safe to start wherever they want. Some prequels do require you to do that. Some prequels, I always ask, I ask people with Star Wars, I'm like, well, do you, would you rather see the Greek tragedy or would you rather see, mm -hmm. um, with still redemption at the end, of course, um, but do you want the the tumultuous ride or do you want the, yeah. the Campbellian sort of monomyth that makes you feel good? And then later, if you like that, yeah. you can go to the prequel trilogy. So it's going to depend on the person. Um, I, I really, I would love to revisit this after seeing the pilot. Like we should make a note and like say like again, not that I'm predicting some tie-in, but I do think that is there gonna be a when they do that Stark Baratheon scene, is there gonna be something in that scene that would that I feel would be enhanced by yeah. Game of Thrones knowledge? I don't know. Um, but as of right now, I think that this is a safe enough premise to not necessarily need in the same way that Blood Moon would have been. Um, these so. this is not robert's rebellion where if that show was being made i would say yeah you need to watch game of thrones yeah no i, I agree there I, I was gonna say i was going to use that standalone word i don't think that's necessarily accurate but it has that kind of vibe and yeah. I, I look here's the thing to someone who has that question I, you know it's not gonna hurt you to watch game of thrones first i i you know but from our vantage point at least you're right let's revisit this after the pilot uh let's revisit mm -hmm. this during season one as we start to figure out but yeah i i think you'll get a sense of the world pretty fast and uh, I, I wouldn't say you need to watch anything before, uh, which is part of the fun. And then as far as reading Fire and Blood overall, uh, you know, I don't think you can truly appreciate that book until you have a, a wealth of Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire knowledge for, for my money, because it is this history book that just kind of moves through a lot of the things that you've heard about and other other forms of, of the, the story. Um, and then I would almost want to say, hey, don't. Don't don't read the, that book and particularly that chapter or the chapters on Dan, the Dance of the Dragons and then uh, carry that into the show. Just let the show wash over you. Just yeah. let the show hit you where it needs to hit you. There has to be a healthy amount of acceptance of adaptation. Same with comic book fans or people that liked Harry Potter or, or people that like Lord of the Rings. I mean, that's going to be a big thing in, in Rings of Power. I'm sure that when you, know, you start covering that show or when the discourse starts around that show, it's going to be a lot of well, why did you condense this? And it's like, well, uh, legally, we had to do X, Y, and Z. Uh, so, yeah, that that's 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 why I almost don't want to have a full on discussion about that today. We are gonna for those who are um, have missed that before. We're gonna I am gonna cover Rings of Power here, and folks like Alden are gonna be along for that ride. But man, yeah, there's so much with just what where do they get the rights what estate what company where can they go what can they mention that it's confusing we might be doing some uh, videos or episodes around here to kind of walk walk through those waters and i don't want any of that to take away from the from the joy uh, i've already seen even today at the time of the recording that they're uh, the way uh, like elves and and some of uh 
that that world is going to be explored is going to be different than maybe ways you're familiar with in the Lord of the Rings world um, so far to this point. So that's going to be an interesting discussion. That might be just take this one as it uh, as it lays on on the course there versus knowing too much. Uh, so mm. we'll see. We'll see. But that's a great question. Great thoughts. Uh, Alden, we're going to uh, wrap up. But as always, so good to have you around these parts. Let's do it again. If you guys have questions, want you to all get, to get them in there. Like I said, use the hashtag Castly Talk on Twitter. If you follow me at Ken Naps, I'll give Alden a follow as well. I'll let him uh, hit you with all of his uh, socials here in a second. Uh, and then we're on Facebook as well. If you listen to the podcast, you can listen to it anywhere. But pop over to the Anchor app and leave a voice message there if you want to. You can favor the show over there. But continue to listen to the podcast wherever you want to listen to the podcast. And don't forget, we have the YouTube channel. Just subscribe, even if you don't watch uh, over on YouTube and your podcast listener. But if you're here, uh, you know, thumbs up uh, and, a, and a good comment. All those kind of things that make the YouTube channels work well. And we'd be really appreciative if do that here as well all then we got some big things coming up for us star yeah. wars celebration you got some things you're going on there tell them about all the things you're doing where they can find you and where they can see you if they're going to be at star wars celebration 100 it's an exciting and busy time so always you can find me on twitter and instagram at that alden diaz t-h-a-t-a-l-d-e-n-d-i-a-z that's talking about everything star wars game of thrones pro wrestling dua lipa I contain multitudes, uh, and you can find Octa Radio everywhere you get your podcast. That's A H C H T O Radio. That's uh, my show, the main show, interviewing Star Wars personalities, people from around the space. Ken has been on a bunch of times. We just had uh, Shelby Young on, the voice of Princess Leia and Lego and Forces of Destiny. She was on the show. Uh, we have our Rebels rewatch going on right now as its own sister spinoff project on the feed, uh, and then Star Wars Celebration. I will be uh, many places, never sleeping, but Saturday morning. Uh, if you don't get into Dave and John's panel, we <laughs> were scheduled for the same time as Dave and John's panel. Uh, but it's going to be a great time with my friends at Triad of the Force. Um, and we're going to be doing uh, an episode, uh, a live episode, live discussion panel, all about uh, the Latinx representation in Star Wars. So Din Djarin, Bail Organa, Poe Dameron. I mean, it goes on and on with the, the great characters, uh, the Martez sisters. I mean, yeah. you all can name them. Uh, we're going to be there talking about those characters, what the future is, what things have been like. Um, and so you can hang out there, meet there. Um, I'll be around that Saturday night. I'll be at the Mosh Eisley party um, uh, talking about how My Chemical Romance is back with a new <laughs> song. Um, then, yeah, there you go. A lot of fun. Look for all of them there. Yeah, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're at Star Wars Celebration. Joseph Scrimshaw and I, uh, working under the Force Center banner, will be on Alex and Molly Damon's Star Wars Explained podcast live on the podcast stage Thursday, 2 p.m. Head on out. A lot of people are asking if they're going to record it. We won't be recording it. I think Alex and Molly will be released on their channel. We are just guests. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, for those who are fans of Jennifer Landis, she'll be there as well doing something else, so won't be able to do uh, uh, Force Center things, but we might all be around. Uh, you never know so that is it for now a lot of fun we're getting there we're, we're still far out but we're still real close to house of the dragon it's been a lot of fun getting ready with that we'll see you next time here on casterly talk <laughs>